E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts. So everyone, welcome and thank you very much for joining us on what is going to be an excellent webinar, I hope. Uh, I've got a, a great, uh, managed to get a great presentation lined up by Dave. Uh, Dave has managed to get uh, the majority of this set up and done. Uh, you're going to hear so, so not just from me, we all will be pleased to know. So we've got a, a great webinar coming up, focusing on Amazon pay-per-click, optimizing your ACOS to minimize spend and maximize traffic and get you as much sales as we possibly can. So let's start off. Uh, so this is part of our webinar series, but what I really want to focus on today is what are the outcomes you should get from the end of this presentation? Well, typically there's going to be five things today. We're going to discuss Amazon pay-per-click. We're going to start with the headline data. We're going to discuss what the differences are between the EU and the US. The majority of our sellers are US-based. Therefore, what we want to do is just talk through the differences between the two. Um, we're going to talk about setting it up or how you can set up to make that all nice and neat, how to optimize your ACOS, and the importance of translations across the different marketplaces here in the EU. So my name's Andy Hooper. I work here at uh, Global E-Commerce Experts. I'm uh, very fortunate to lead a great team of um, uh, individuals uh, who work in different departments across, across the business, both in our warehouse, our back team, and our account management team. We've got a huge uh, depth of experience of people successfully expanding people. We've over, worked with over 2,000 sellers now. Um, thank you very much for joining us and giving up your valuable time to be with us. Uh, I know your time's precious, so I really, really do appreciate it. Um, we have an expanders group. So on Facebook, uh, for those that are already on Facebook, uh, they, can, they can hear me and see me. But we have a GEE expanders Facebook group. So if you're not a member of that, you should go and become a member of that. It's for people that have expanded into the EU uh, where you can ask advice to others that have done the same thing. Uh, we're Facebook living there as we speak, so you can get, uh, you can go back and watch this straight away should you need to. Uh, there will be a follow-up with the presentation and everything that comes out later as well. You can use the hashtag expander series. Um, we've, we've expanded now uh, successfully over 2,000 sellers into the EU. That means they've all made significant sums when they've expanded. Uh, I've been working in e-commerce for around 10 years now. I first started off selling silicon watches on Amazon. Uh, must have been in 2008, I think it is. I must find out what that date is, really. Uh, when we had the last economic crash. So, you know, 2008, the big financial crisis. I needed some extra cash, like many of you possibly started this out, finding an extra way. I found some silicon watches. Uh, you can put them on there, relatively cheap in China. You know, we'd buy them for 10 pence, selling them for five pounds and we were able to reinvest that money, and that's how my e-commerce journey started. Um, it was a great experience, and that's led me down a path to where we are today, where we've got the account management, the VAT, and the warehouse, where we now support thousands of e-commerce sellers just like you. So I can't wait to uh, help you today and give you as much information as we possibly can. But uh, in tradition with this series, uh, I'm trying to bring in a different member of the team on most of the sessions that we run. So you don't just get to hear from me, you get to hear some from our account team or a back team or our 3PL team as we go through the process. Now, today I've got a, a, one of our uh, best account managers, 
account managers with us uh, and account Amazon coaches. Uh, so Dave, uh, Dave is going to be joining us very shortly. Bear with me one second. Uh, Dave, are you there? Hello. Yes, I'm here. There he is. So Dave, uh, thank you very much for joining us. You can see we're all based at home at the moment with uh, the state of the economy at the moment. So Dave, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Do you want to just introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm Dave. I work at GE as part of the uh, accounts team, uh, digital team, working with clients on creating their Amazon accounts, running their Amazon accounts and various other bits and bobs. Uh, and I'll be here on the webinar today to, to run you through PPC. Excellent. Thanks very much, Dave. I know everyone's pretty excited about that. Uh, I know there's a um, good number of people who are on. Uh, don't forget there will be recording, so uh, we will be able to send that out. But make sure you stay on for the whole whole part of it, because then you're going to get the, the value all the way through. So uh, this comes from our six-step guide. So uh, we've we've developed a successful expanders framework, so a success pathway. So we, having worked with 2,000 sellers, what it's given us is the unique insights to what really makes expanding a success. And what we've managed to do is put all of that, that knowledge together and put that into a success pathway. So when you start your expansion all the way through to when you, you succeed, uh, at what point that is. And that succession is a different point for everybody in all fairness. You know, some people want to come across and make six figures. Some want to come across and make eight figures. Everyone is completely different. But there is a, there is a point where we would say, yes, now that's a success. Okay. Now, here's our straightforward pathway. Uh, we've talked about this in huge detail, so I'm not going to go into detail around this today. But you can see how at the structure gives them the compliance to the marketplace. If you've been through, if you check the link out here, expansion challenge, uh, that covers off the compliance and the marketplace parts of the section. Uh, but what we're going to be doing in the next part of the webinar series is going through the promote website, EU, Pan EU fulfillment side of things as well. So we can give you as much information as we can. So you can take that and use that as, as, as well as you can. So now you can see we're, we're now moving on to the promote side of the uh, framework of the pathway. And we're going to focus on the ads to start off with because the key part of delivering a successful expansion is about sales velocity right at the beginning. You want to make sure that you can get that sales velocity. You want to get um, your sales moving as quickly as you possibly can. And in order to do that, pay-per-click Amazon ads is one way. And we're going to focus just on that specific part today. We're not going to focus on vouchers and social and all these other areas. It's solely on the pay-per-click ads. So we're going to go for that. Uh, let's, so here are the things we're going to look at. Um, first of all, yes, you need a professional seller account. I've already talked about sales velocity. Sales velocity is absolutely crucial for pay-per-click and ads to help generate organic sales further down the line. You're looking to help generate sales, generate reviews, and all those sort of things that come linked with that. It helps you get your listings featured high. Gets, you're basically cheating your way to the top. Um, you know, you're paying per click. There's not all these other bits you need. Um, and the other side is you need the data insights to optimize your listings for organic reach. And we're going to go through all those as we go. So with that in mind, I'm going to hand over to Dave, who's going to start us off. So over to you, Dave. Yeah, thanks very much, Andy. Um, so as Andy said, we're looking at the kind of promote section of our um, stage of our uh, pathway now. And there are various parts to that, but Amazon PPC is massive. And there is 
various types of uh, Amazon PPC. And I'm sure being a uh, setup in Amazon in the US already, you probably already have done or dabbled with uh, Amazon advertising over there. Uh, and the EU is much the same. There, there are some slight differences, but I'm just going to give you a broad uh, broad look at setting them up and, and what the different types are for those of you who maybe haven't looked at it too much. And if you need any help with that, you can obviously get in touch with us there. Uh, but looking at the different types to start off with when you're creating your ads, there's sponsored product uh, and spon uh, sponsored brand ads. Uh, sponsored product uh, is where you advertise, uh, select products that you uh, choose in an ad uh, and it will push that product to customers who actively search for relevant keywords or uh, relevant products. Uh, and this can be automatic kind of set or preset keywords or products or, or manually selected ones. And we'll get onto that in a bit, a bit down the line. Uh, alternatively, there is brand ads. Uh, now brand ads only work if you are, uh, if you're, if you have a, a registered brand, uh, you are enrolled on brand with brand registry. So that's not available if you don't have that. Uh, so if you if you have access to that, but you're not enrolled, it, I highly recommend it because this uh, it, it can really help you there. Um, so the difference with brand ads is it will uh, when it, well obviously when you have a brand registry, you can create a brand store page, a, a storefront, almost a catalog for your for your products, uh, and you'll be able to push ads directly to to your brand page, your 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 store, if you'd like. Uh, uh, and also you can create uh, store pages where you can feature up to three or more products. So if you have, say, if you, if, you, if you sell clothes and you have a certain product line, which is hats, you could have a ad which pushes them to a page of, uh, of hats. Uh, and that's much more visual content where, where you can kind of tweak uh, loads of pictures, imagery, loads of nice visual content videos. Uh, to create a lovely looking kind of ad that you'd see with traditional marketing, maybe so social media marketing, if you've looked at that at all. Whereas um, sponsored product ad more, more just is, is a, or more of a basic look at just that a, a buyer looked at something relevant to your product and got pushed uh, your product in front of them. So if we look at the next slide here, uh, we'll be able to look at some of the key differences between the US and the EU in terms of Amazon pay-per-click. And the absolute huge one you'll see immediately is the cost per click is so, so much smaller in the EU across all marketplaces than the US. And now this is absolutely huge uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're expanding or you're looking to expand because uh, immediately in a, ma a massive advantage is your advertising is going to be a lot cheaper. Uh, the cost per click, as you can see here, uh, with the data on 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 the slide, uh, the UK one uh, much 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 lower. Uh, France, Spain, Italy, less than half that of the average cost per click for a search term in the US, uh, and that's obviously an average per search term. Um, but not only that, uh, in the next slide we can see that there is. Um, uh, more marketplaces uh, than than the US. The US obviously just has the US. Uh, if you're expanding into the EU, advertising is very important to uh, advertise on all marketplaces. Uh, and, and up until recently, there was just the five. As of last month, they recently introduced uh, Amazon.nl, Netherlands. Uh, so there's now six marketplaces, including the UK, to uh, to advertise on. So you get a huge uh, a huge market reach. 
uh, and it would be a, a waste not to advertise on all of them. Whereas with just the US, it's, it's a singular marketplace. It's really important that you don't just do UK because it's, oh, it's the same language as, as, as my, my, my campaigns in the US. It's much more easier to transfer. You really need to make sure that you're also doing adverts in Germany, uh, Italy, France, Spain, and Netherlands to get the full kind of, um, the, the full benefits of, of advertising in the EU to, to really push and drive uh, traffic and sales there. Uh, get the next one here. Uh, just looking briefly at setting up your campaigns is really easy. Uh, campaign manager, you do have to make sure you have a professional selling account as Andy mentioned at the beginning of the, uh, the presentation. Uh, but you want to make sure your campaigns are efficiently named so you can kind of distinguish what uh, when you're looking at your dashboard campaign manager you can see what campaigns this attributed to how this sales this spend well, hang on a minute I, i'm getting confused here you want to make sure you know exactly what the products are in a campaign so if you efficiently name them it's much easier to get a, a, a general look at them and say oh, okay so that product's doing there that's that's doing that well uh, and similarly during the setup it's important that you can set a time frame you can choose it to go on indefinitely or you can choose it to end after a month or or after a week or or whatever time frame you might want to kind of outline uh, it's really important that this is something that you can set up ahead of time during the campaign setup if you have a set budget that you want to give yourself for um for the campaign say you have a thousand a thousand dollars or a thousand pounds uh, you want to make sure well if i've got this time frame to give it on you can do that and then with that you can find out hang on this is what i should set the daily budgets to if if, if this is the, the the whole budget i've got for the campaign this is the time frame i should give and this is the budget the daily budget i should i should put it for um uh, there's there's the question of auto versus manual now obviously automatic campaigns much more um, less less work needed on your part. I'm, I'm not going to say it. it's automatic to the point where you can set it off, leave it alone, and and, and let it go. And we ha I have seen clients do that, uh, but it's much more. Um, uh, your it, it helps you a lot more there by automatically uh, creating the uh, relevant products and the relevant keywords that your campaign will uh, advertise to. Uh, versus manual where you'll, you'll choose the, the, um, the products, the relevant products and the relevant keywords and search terms. Now that's going to take a lot more research to find out uh, if you know your product well, you'll be able to create manual campaigns and create them uh, well where you can, I know this keyword works well, so I'm going to use this in a manual ad. I know this product is a, is a high competitor. I'm going to, I'm going to put this product as, as the, relevant products so that we appear at when people are looking at their products. So you need to, it, it auto is very important to do to start off with when you're entering a new market. As Andy said, that sales velocity is really, really important. First thing when you enter a new market, when you enter the EU, you want to create auto ads on all of, on all of the marketplaces just to get data. And then when you've got that data, you can then start making manual campaigns. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Ad groups, similarly to the campaign naming, that's where you'll be able to put collections of campaigns under the same group. Maybe if they're all kind of variations of each other, same, same product line, you put, be able to group them together to be able to distinguish more easily from the campaign manager view. Now bidding, uh, obviously you can change your bids. We, we saw bids, uh, uh, we saw the cost per click a minute ago, but we can see the bids. You can alter that dependent on um, 
if you want certain campaigns and certain search terms to have higher bids than others, if you see them doing well, you can up the bid to make sure you, you get that over your competitors. Uh, you can increase that much higher, but obviously that's going to cost you more and it doesn't guarantee a sale. It just might increase the chances of a click. Um, but then there is bidding strategies in the campaign setup, including um, those where you can increase your, your bid by 100% or reduce your bid by 100%. Um, if, if, if uh, Amazon deem a click to be uh, likely to convert or less likely to convert. So it's really important to, to look at those bidding strategies when you're creating campaigns to, um, to make sure you're optimizing your spend there. And now we're obviously negative keyword targeting. That's huge. Uh, you don't want to be spending money on a keyword that's not making you any money. Uh, so if there's a if there's a search term that's costing you 20, 20 pounds and it's it's not got you anything back in sales or it's got you less than twenty pounds, obviously that's not a search term you want to keep around. So that's what, where you want to use negative keyword targeting uh, to to make that negative keyword so it won't won't come up and that search term will no longer um, show your ad for for buyers. Um, we'll, we'll look at that in just a minute if we uh, if we look on the next slide here. So research and performance-based campaigns, and I talked a minute about a minute ago about when you when you launch to a new market, when you when you um, emerge on a new market, expand to a new market, you want to just put auto campaigns on all your marketplaces and get data. Now, data is super essential for um, for marketing. It's 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 the reports are so essential and it's crazy how many people you'd see who have done advertising and and it's, and they're wondering why isn't my advertising doing so well. Uh, and then they've never pulled a report and you're wondering, well, obviously there's no optimization done there if they've not pulled a single report. Um, so there's two types of campaigns uh, we like to kind of look at and they're called research and performance. And obviously you want to start off with research and that's where you're going to just gain all the data. Uh, and you want to start off by creating these research campaigns with automatic campaigns, as I said, uh, using, um, broad and phrase keyword match types to find out what is the highest volume uh, search terms, what, what search terms gets the highest amount of impressions, which have, has a high number of uh, click-throughs, uh, which ones are profitable and which ones aren't. And that, that's where you get that data to then go on and create performance-based campaigns. And these would be more manual campaigns where from this you can create uh, more specific to your brand, to your product keywords uh, as manual, you can you can create your own search terms, whereas automatic, it will choose them for you. So you'll create these manual campaigns with long tail keywords, which are much more specific, but as a result, much lower cost per click. So for example, if you're selling clothes, let's go back to, to that example. If you're selling t-shirts, the, the, the broad research campaign, the search terms automatically given to you would be t-shirt, uh, uh, top. Uh, but then the more specific long tail keyword that you might want to then generate from that, which you can look at using the data, you can see collared t-shirt, buttoned t-shirt, the color that it might be. And there's a lot more specific, longer keywords, which are much more specific to your product, reducing the cost per click, but also being more specific to your product to the point where it's much more likely to convert. And then these are what you really want to get to with these performance-based campaigns to, to the really be minimizing your spend while maximizing your traffic, which is the whole point of this kind of webinar. Uh, and now with these long tail keywords, once you've kind of found them, 
Uh, I wouldn't say to remove these auto campaigns because it's really important to always keep them going. Pull reports, I'd say, on a weekly basis because the data is always changing. Uh, so you want to make sure you know, hang on a minute, that search term's gone down. Now it's not quite as effective as it was last week. Does this need to reflect in my manual campaigns? And it totally does. So that's why you need to be pulling reports weekly, constantly measuring, constantly testing, constantly changing and tweaking. Um, so that with these manual campaigns, you can optimize the bids for them and get them to um, perform as well as, as they possibly can. So if we look at the next slide here, um, going back to the campaign setup um, quickly, product, uh, not all product categories are eligible for advertising. Uh, I'm sure you'd know already if it's not, but if you haven't done any advertising already, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, important to check the eligible categories uh, before you do so to make sure you can actually advertise. Uh, the majority are available, but I have had a client in the past where their, their product was in an uneligible category, so they were unable to use Amazon pay-per-click. Um, so you can see some of them there. So looking at the reporting, and, and, and that is really the essential part of Amazon P PPC if you want to be successful, uh, you've got the campaign manager, and now you really want to, to learn this thing inside out. Um, campaign manager, you'll be able to see something similar to what we've got here on the screen um, with uh, really key metrics such as spend, sales, ACOS, impressions, and you can add your own uh, other metrics, which we'll get onto in a bit. Uh, ACOS, uh, I'm sure you may know already, which is the advertising cost of sales. Uh, that can be worked out by dividing your total ad spend to your attributable ad sales. Uh, so for example, if, you're, if you sold a thousand pounds in sales uh, and you spent a hundred pounds, your ACoS would be 10%. Uh, and we, we typically say that you want to keep your ACoS as, as low as possible, obviously, but around 20%, uh, 25% or lower is really the target. Anywhere closer to, to, to 70, 80, uh, 90 or 100 or more, your, your cost of, of acquiring that sale with that advert is, is the exact same as, as the sale generated itself. And that's not even including Amazon fees and whatnot. So you really wanna try and optimize your ACoS, get that as low as possible. Uh, so we talked about ACoS, uh, but there is something that's quite often overlooked, which is uh, TACOS or TACOS or whatever you wanna call it but that is the true advertising cost of sales. Now that's where you want uh, to look at your whole kind of your, uh, your the bigger picture, uh, let's say, where your ACOS kind of looks specifically at the uh, cost of your ads um, in respect to the attributable ad sales. It's important to also look at the, uh, take into account all of the revenue from all of your sales across the entire business, not just those ones with, um, that have been uh, attributed from ads. Uh, so you can work that one out by dividing your ad spend by your total sales, not just the uh, uh, sales attributed to ads. Now that information just better contextualizes your ads uh, in the bigger picture, incorporating what kind of the effect your ads are having across your, or your sales as a whole, not just the advertising. Um, yep, if we, Head on to the next slide. Uh, so looking at the reporting, uh, and that's where you'll be able to really optimize the ACOS. Uh, they've recently changed how reporting works, but it's still really simple. Uh, 
you just want to obviously go to when you're in your campaign manager, hit advertising reporting, and there's hundreds of different types of reports you can pull uh, for sponsored products, sponsored brands, and then the different types, search terms, campaigns, ad groups. Uh, there's a, a million things there and you really want to learn them all and, and test them all and see which works best for you. You can change the date range um, to, of the report uh, to see hang on, how, how my ads performed in just the last week to how did they perform last the, the, the week before, just compare and hang on a minute, the search term last week was performing really well, but it's not this week to really sh show the fluctuations of, of search terms and how it can change the climate of advertising. Um, so in order to minimize your spend and maximize your traffic, it's really important to remove the keywords that are not converting and boost the bids that are uh, the boost the bids on those that are we talked about the negative search terms removing those out if they're not doing so well for you and if we get onto the next slide here we'll be able to see that uh an example of of some uh, a report now i've just changed the customer search terms to, to customer search term but yours will look very similar to this uh i'm sure with some really great metrics impressions clicks click-through rate cost per click spend total sales for uh, the last seven days if it's a seven day report, um, which this one is, and your total uh, ACOS. And you can see I've kind of highlighted some bits and bobs here and your, your highlights and, and your changes might differ depending on your kind of targets as a business and a brand. Um, but kind of, as, as I mentioned, we, we typically say 25% or lower for ACOS is what you kind of want to look for. So which is why anything above 25% on the ACOS column there at the end um, is kind of highlighted as red as those customer search terms are kind of costing too much uh, compared to what they are to the sales they are have coming in return, um, and whether they need to be removed entirely or or looked at or 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 optimized somehow, especially those ones on the higher end, looking at ninety percent, eighty percent, seventy percent, sixty five percent. But then obviously this is all there's all a lot of perspective to this because if you look over further on the left with impressions and clicks, uh, it's important to let in, uh, search terms gather enough data before you bid it off as a negative term because if it's only had if it's had five impressions and no clicks you're thinking well, hang, hang on a minute it's had five impressions and no clicks that's not I haven't had any clicks yet that's awful but five impressions is nowhere near enough data to be able to see how, how do you know not know the next five impressions is five clicks you need to know whether how long to keep it going how many impressions um, to 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 let it have how much cost to let it spend before you say okay no i think it's it's run its course it's not it's not effective for me this keyword isn't isn't performing how i'd like it to it needs to become a negative keyword uh, so you can see the click-through rate so i've also done some highlighting here um i've highlighted anything above five percent or at least i hope i have um because we can see here uh, some impressions that top one for example has almost six thousand impressions 50 clicks it's not even 1% click-through rate. That's, it's pretty awful. Um, uh, and you can see with the cost per, uh, the cost per click there, uh, with 53 clicks, the total spends £24. And the sales have come to £27 almost. So it's almost um, bordering on being exactly the amount of sales as it did cost. And that's not encompassing with the uh, incorporating the, the Amazon fees and whatnot else on top of that. Um, so the, the click rate here, uh, obviously you want a much higher click rate, those with 100% click rate, 50% click rate, 20%, 10%, much higher. Uh, so those you'd want to boost the bids on, 
put boost the budget on those campaigns as obviously that product that term is very good at pulling somebody to your product but not only pulling them to it and making them click it but also that it's relevant enough that they'll convert into a sale so 100 percent uh click-through rate is obviously really great you want to push people to that uh but as you can see that 100 percent click-through rate at the bottom it's only had one impression so give it some more time to get more impressions that 100 percent is obviously going to drop so you don't want to it, it, you've really got to let this data sit for some time and, and analyze it constantly and, and check it back daily and weekly. It's, it's really not something you can just sit up, stick on an automatic ad and leave it. And that's what we've seen many clients do. But the, 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 the data and the reporting is really where you're going to get the, the spend down and the traffic and sales really flying. So we come on to the next slide here and we had a question on the NTB metric, which again is something uh, semi new, uh, newly introduced into Amazon. I think it uh, kind of came into effect um, on uh, sometime in 2019. I think it was about midway through 2019 and new to uh, NTB stands for new to brand. Um, and again, that is specifically available only for sponsored brand ads. Um, so if you're not uh, brand registered, you don't have access to brand ads, this won't be eligible for you, but it's really, really important. Uh, if you do have that to, to use NTB because new to brand, ad, uh, metrics. And as I mentioned earlier, you can add more metrics in the campaign manager. You can see at the top, there's the add metric, um, kind of button and there's a, and it will give you a drop down of, of loads of new metrics you can add if you're interested. And four of those are new to brand metrics where you'll be able to see, um, uh, if an ad attributed purchase was made by a uh, existing customer or one who's uh, buying uh, one of your products for the first time ever. Uh, and now that's really important. If we look at the next slide for, for businesses and brands who uh, kind of rely on kind of uh, remarketing and uh, custom, customer life cycles where they, they typically come back. If that's a, if, that, if you're a company where you see repeat purchases of, is very common uh, new to brand metric, it was massive for you because you really want to measure that and make sure you maximize your new to brand sales. Because once you've got a new to brand sale, if, if you're a company that gets a lot of um, repeat purchases, that's a customer that's going to be coming back. Uh, so where I said you want to get your ACOS as low as possible, obviously, if it's a attributed to a new to brand sale, which you can see in the picture here, there's a new to brand sale uh, and a, you can measure it against the ACOS. If the ACOS of the advert is particularly higher, you might say, oh, the ACOS is too high, I wanna get rid of it. But if it's a new to brand sale uh, and you've filtered by that, maybe you'd be thinking, hang on a minute, I want, to, I want to let it have a bit more higher ACOS because of the fact it's a new to brand sale and that's actually more beneficial for us in the long run. Um, so it's really important to look at these metrics and look at the reporting for new to brand uh, uh, sales and, and measure that against your ACOS. And that's some reasons why ACOS wouldn't necessarily always be uh, a bad thing to be a bit higher. So uh, we did mention that there is six uh, marketplaces in the EU compared to the US just having the one. Uh, but a huge part of that is there's six countries, six marketplaces, but also uh, six languages. Uh, so it's really important that you don't just go, okay, well, I'm going to do the UK because the UK is the same as the US near, near enough. There are some subtle differences uh, and I'm going to ignore the rest. It's, it's vital that you uh, advertise on all six. Otherwise uh, you're missing out on a massive opportunity there. Uh, massive 
reach market reach uh, for extra sales. But uh, an obvious obvious issue you're going to encounter is the fact of the big language barriers. So translations and keyword research is massive. You can't just stick your UK um, campaigns throughout Germany, France, Italy, and Spain and expect them to do as well as they do in the UK and the US, because of course they're not going to, they're in a different language. The buyers in those native marketplaces won't understand, they'll see the, your ad come up and it could be for a completely irrelevant product because the language just doesn't work that way. So it's really important that you get your campaigns and your search terms um, translated by a, a native human uh, from that uh, respective marketplace so that it appears on a relevant product as a native buyer would see it and then they'd search for it and it would come up exactly as they'd see in their own marketplace. Um, yeah, I think that covers, covers kind of everything there. Um, I see we actually, have a few. Dave, that was excellent. Thank you very much. No worries. Uh, huge amount of information there. We've got a load of questions. Yeah, I've seen uh, some come through. Yeah, we'll have a scan through those and answer those as we go uh, in a moment. Yep. Uh, but thank you very much, Dave. Um, that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, giving up your time to, to help educate our, our customers as well um, and, uh, uh, and getting across all that information. And I'm sure they enjoyed the break from hearing me talk about stuff as well. <laughs> so thank you very much. No worries. So let's, uh, let's crack on. And what we can do is we can go through uh, the, the questions that have come through. So uh, let's go to the first one. Hey, guys, one main, main question, US-based seller. Uh, we sell on most international Amazon marketplaces now, and our main challenge is to get advertising spend to get going, meaning we open up spend on all different campaigns, including auto, but spend is very slow to ramp up. A few, a few have issues with Firefox, but most don't, so it shouldn't be an issue. Any tips on ramping up when you have successful products in .com and looking to dominate an international marketplace? Ad budget is not the issue. It's mostly about Amazon not spending it yet. We've definitely seen this before, Dave, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, I think that um, we've seen this a number of times. Um, one thing I would say, Johannes, uh, off the top of my head straight away is, is how much, what is that default bid and what is the default bid actually currently looking like? Let's say that they've got the buy box to start off with. Uh, the ones that have got the buy box, you know, what does the default bid look like? Are you being outbid on that? And have you automated that to go up and down? Uh, that would be my first thing to say. Dave, any sort of tips you've come across to sort of get over that? Uh, no, like as you said, yeah, uh, it looks like the bids more the issue than the than the ads, uh, and that uh, bidding strategy of of raising is is really important there. I think. Yeah. So have a have a look at that, Yanis. Let me just see if you've uh, yeah. The full bids are very competitive and should win most auctions. Uh, also, most products have the buy box. Yeah, I agree. So if you've got the buy box, then obviously that's the first you know tick in the box, and then once you've got the the, the buy box, then actually you getting those default bids is is what I would actually do is make those bids. Uh, you have to excuse the dogs going off, the pleasures of working from home. Um, you, the, you, you need to sort of start playing with those. I would test that on one ASIN first and use one ASIN and up that slightly. And I would over egg that. I would put that a little bit higher than perhaps you would typically want to do just to see if that, that makes a difference. Because what's do is 
to get Amazon to sort of pay attention that you're happy to start spending that money. And you need to make sure that you're doing that and they're seeing that because that will add uh, weight to what you're doing. Uh, so uh, that was the first question, so thank you very much. Uh, next question, Larissa. Um, how has the launch been going in the Netherlands? Well, I think that um, the launch in the Netherlands has started. I mean, the Netherlands has been selling books for a long time, uh, but they've obviously started launching other products, which has been, been key. Uh, before I go into my things, any sort of things you've been noticing, Dave? Uh, for Netherlands specifically? Yeah, the question was, how has the launch been going in the Netherlands? Uh, I think it's kind of almost too early to say uh, with Netherlands. A lot of my clients haven't kind of uh, making too much of a, of a push into Netherlands just yet. It's still kind of in its early stages. Um, but yeah, as you said, it was books uh, for a long time and now it's been opened up to a lot of things. The main thing we've seen is every client, if they're on the EFN network, it's really important to just get all their products uh, eligible and active or in the Netherlands so that they can get sales there. It's just another, it's another channel, another marketplace, uh, and really easy to do. I think that the, um, the Dutch, are, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty aggressive with learning new technology and making things happen. So the more that uh, Amazon advertises the marketplace over the coming months, what you're going to see is I think that coming into Q4, Netherlands is going to be one of the biggest marketplaces that's overtaking Italy, France, and Spain. That would be my gut feel. Uh, although it's smaller than France in, in population, I think that the population will spend more money on the marketplace than what the French will. Um, so the French, the French has got about the same population as the UK, but the UK typically spends twice as much at least on Amazon than what, than what the French do. And that is because there are other marketplaces like CD Discount in France that are popular, but they're, they're really taking that over. So hopefully that's uh, answered that, Larissa. Uh, so uh, Peyton, thank you. We've been doing pretty well uh, there for a small EU country. Great. I'm glad to hear that. That's, that's fantastic. Um, we're not able to set up ads for Amazon Netherlands yet. Um, or does that go through the UK? Dave, what have you uh, been seeing on your end on that? Uh, yeah, I don't know if they are available just yet. Um, the only option for many of my clients has been the campaign, uh, not a campaign, sorry, A, con uh, a plus content creator campaign manager isn't yet kind of available yeah so at the moment it's currently about getting the content right and the ads will follow so it's things like so like vouchers that we're going to come on to in the next webinar next week you know they're not live in italy and spain yet um but all these things will come and they get they get drifted out uh, yeah exactly yeah okay great uh so thanks for the questions keep them coming oh that was me sorry i'm going mad uh, Johannes, another one for you. What's your recommendation for the auto campaign? Once you have a successful campaign structure in place and manual ca campaigns are doing most uh, all of your sales, so for a more mature market, are you mostly turning off auto at that point or still leave it uh, at a small or larger bid to continue mine for new keywords? Yep. I know what I think, Dave, but what do you think? Uh, yeah, totally. K keep it. Uh, my new words, just as he says, um, a small bid, uh, just to, because as it's always changing, if you have the manual ads, you're going to be kind of stuck in the past almost. Um, and you're only going to be kind of collecting sales and, and on, on the data that you, you used to know, almost having those autos always running and always looking at them. You're going to be able to see what's changing, what new keywords are coming out, which ones are being more effective and which ones aren't, uh, to then 
edit into your manual ads. So yeah, definitely keep them running is my, is my suggestion. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, keep them going. Keep, uh, keep that going. You can lower the bids, but what you can do is you're really looking to exactly as you say, mine the new keywords because new keywords will be coming up all the time, um, especially as you change your products, develop your products um, uh, and tweak them on different times of the year. You will see different keywords coming as well. So definitely keep those. Okay, another one. Uh, have you guys found a way to add assins as negative keywords to automatic campaigns? So if an automatic campaign is to spend money on a specific competitor assin that just doesn't convert, do you have a trick to add as a negative? Controversy here in the US, where Amazon does not accept the assin as a negative keyword, but still continues to spend on them. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that we've, uh, we've, we've managed to use those as negative keywords uh, in automatic campaigns and manual campaigns Dave? Uh, yeah uh, to my knowledge you can you can add them yeah uh, whether they whether Amazon continue to spend on them I'm not sure if that's the same case here in the EU I think we'd have to double check that I know we've definitely added them as uh, as as negative keywords yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, keyword I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, it's not the same as the US there and it, the negative keyword doesn't continue to spend on it yeah okay so what we're going to do is we're going to take that away and just double check on that but I'm pretty certain that we would have carried on seeing the same word, same uh, assing keep being repeated uh, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the reports when we do the report. Yeah, and that's nothing I'm seeing, so that would be my gut feel. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, good. Um, so for marketplaces where you don't have a native speaker on the team, let's say Amazon France, any recommendations whether uh you focus on your listings and ads on a translated version or rather keep them in english i i, I would say you need to translate them uh, you translate them get them translated by a native tongue translator um and you also need to do the negative keywords so the keywords in that as well um you're looking to do that you can outsource that to someone like us or you can you can you, you could probably go on to um somewhere and get that to happen um, or, or find someone on your, one of your Facebook friends maybe even do that with the odd keyword if you've got a French speaking person. Um, but I wouldn't keep them in English. No, they need to be translated. You're just leaving money on the table. Dave, I don't know if you've got anything to add on that. Uh, no, that's pretty much, yeah, pretty much what I'd go with. Yeah, they need to be translated. Yeah, okay. Uh, another one, uh, I've, I've, we've answered a couple of those other questions that are there. How do you deal with translators? Do you use one universal translator company or find translators in each individual country? Okay, yeah. so um, we, we, we do translations. It's something we do. We have some people in-house, um, native tongue translators, um, but there are some things where we've got um, a couple of countries where we outsource to um, people that we trust to do that. We don't outsource that to one company. We outsource that to individuals who are native tongue translators in those countries. Uh, we don't send it to one person who yeah. could just do all the languages, because my gut feel is they just use Google to translate or some software. Yeah, um, I don't think universal translators are as a, not, not necessarily trustworthy, but uh, as, as skilled as, as a native person in Germany who knows English and German, and somebody in France who knows French and German, uh, French, French and English, sorry. Uh, they're gonna be much uh, better at translating than somebody who's maybe universal. Yeah, totally agree. That's definitely, I totally agree with that. That's the thing you're looking for. Translators, native tongue, every single time, without a shadow of doubt. Okay, uh, any more questions? Uh, we've had a load of questions there, so thank you very much. Um, 
So I think we've answered all of the questions there. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Um, what I would like to say is that our next webinar is the next in the series across our successful pathway. Uh, we're going to move on to vouchers um, and things like that next week. You know, what you can help do to get sales velocity. It's next Wednesday, it's five o'clock British summertime um, here in the UK. Uh, crazy benefits organic sales vouchers can give you. How to capitalize on holiday deals, sales through using deals. How vouchers and promotions give a huge sales velocity when entering a new marketplace. Uh, really, really key to start using the pay-per-click um, uh, ads. Start using those. I would say some homework from today's go away, input some of these. If you've not used ads before, then use them. If you're already using them, start doing it in the other countries, but making sure that what you're really trying to do is get those translations and the keywords done. Uh, Dave, anything, uh, top tips for you for people to go away and do before, before next week? Uh, just, just look at the reporting, basically. Uh, it, it, they'll, we'll get the recording of this and we can get that out to you. Uh, and yeah, just make sure you look at the reporting and pull every type of report you can and have a look at your data and make sure you're optimizing it. Excellent. Okay, so um, Jane, if we missed a prior webinar, is there a place we can watch the replays? Uh, so all the webinars from beforehand uh, have been posted on our uh, G Expanders group in most cases. Uh, we've got them on our YouTube channel. You can certainly watch those there. Um, what we will also have is the ones before with our compliance and marketplace launch are all in our expansion challenge. So if you wanted them all, you could grab them there. Um, or, or if you email us directly, we can probably send you a link to some of those uh, uh, to make things easier for you, no problem at all. Uh, every Wednesday, five o'clock, webinar, uh, key details on what you can do uh, to impact your business uh, and to help you to successfully expand. Um, thank you very much for your time. I'll give you a virtual high five. So thank you very much. Dave, here comes a high five to you. Thank you very much. Um, there, oh, nice. There we go. Look at that. Um, but I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. If you've got any questions, please reach out to us. Um, support at globalecomexperts.com. You can always phone us. And of course, we're available on all the social channels should you need us. Uh, thank you very much from Dave and from me. Uh, we wish you all safe. Uh, we wish you all healthy. Uh, stay, look after yourselves in these crazy world times. And uh, we look forward to welcoming your next week's webinar on vouchers. So thank you very much. Thank you very much to everyone on Facebook Live. Uh, thumbs up and I look forward to speaking to you all soon. So thank you. Have a great day.